How you doing there? Welcome. <laughs> oh gosh. I think that little cough is becoming part of the introduction. It's like, how you doing there? <coughs> cough. How you doing there? A little unexpected part of the introduction over there. It's sneaking its way. <laughs> Alright. A new addition to the intro. Okay. Welcome back to Babylon Talmud. Today we're studying Daf Yiralaf, Daf 11 of Mesech the Baba Kama. Friends, friends, how are you doing with Baba Kama over here? Doing okay? Baba Kama. How's Baba Kama going? It's the, it feels like a shtickle like the big leagues, right? It's not Yvomis. Woof. Friends. <laughs> friends. I don't think we're ever going to, I don't think I'm ever going to get over Yvomis. I'm telling you, for the next four years, Yvomis. Any, anything, that has, Erevin, you know, I was by that the end of Erevin, I, I was done with Erevin, but you know, we moved on. You don't really move on from Yavamis, you know. You take it with you. <laughs> so Baba <coughs> Kama is not like Yavamis or anything, but it, I don't. It's like a little dry. It's like very. It feels like it's it's it's, you know, very serious, very serious. Very serious. An ox. An ox goring. How did it gore? Who did it gore? How do you pay for it? Very serious stuff. Alright. Um, Alright, so we're going to start on Daf uh, Yudam and Beis. All the way to the bottom. Lema Pachas Nevela Tanoi. So we're going to talk about more, uh, uh, I don't know, above a common stuff. So, Pachas Nevela. Look at what Pachas Nevela is. We, we, we got to this Indian at the end of the Daf. Yesterday. So Pachas Nevela is that if, let's say, uh, Ruvain has a shore moored and um, he, he, Ruvain's shore, Ruvain's ox gores Shimon's ox and kills Shimon's ox. So Ruvain needs to pay back Shimon for the damage. Now, he doesn't just like swap, so to speak, with Shimon, right? He doesn't just pay back Shimon for, you know, Shimon, uh, Shimon's, uh, um, uh, ox was a thousand dollars. Doesn't just give him a thousand dollars. Rather, the way that it works is that Shimon didn't just lose his. It's not like Shimon had an ox that was worth a thousand dollars, and now he has zero dollars. No, Shimon had an ox that was alive, and now he has an ox that's dead. He could sell that. You know, there's probably people who will buy a dead ox from you, and I don't know, use the use the. Uh, uh, um, um, uh, hide for to <coughs> to make shoes and uh, the meat maybe he could sell to the dogs or you know whatever it might be. So so there is a value to a dead ox. So Reuben doesn't pay Shimon a thousand dollars. He pays Shimon a thousand dollars minus the value of the dead ox of the carcass that Shimon then can sell on to somebody who deals with dead dead, dead oxen and 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 Reuben pays the difference between the live ox, which we're saying is $1,000, and the dead ox, which whatever it is, it is what it is. Now here's the thing. Let's say Ruvain's ox kills Shimon's ox on Sunday, and he doesn't, and the ox doesn't make its way, the carcass doesn't end up in Besden for an evaluation until Tuesday. In the meantime, the value of the ox has, uh, the value of the carcass is, 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 is deteriorating, is going down. Um, and therefore, I don't know, maybe on Sunday at the time of the death, the time of the goring, 
It was worth, uh, the carcass was 200 zuz. Maybe by Tuesday already it's 150 zuz. So, so does that mean that Ruven has to pay the extra 50 zuz? Or does Shimon lose those, those 50 zuz? So, so, so we had said at the end of the day yesterday that Shimon loses those 50 zuz, right? The difference between the ox at the time that it was gored to death and the time that it was evaluated, the, 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 the decrease in value, Shimon has to absorb that. So now, with this, we begin our story. Let's say that this Indian of the, is Shimon responsible for the Pachas Nevela or not. Let's say that um, it's Machlokas Tanoim. Zitanes, we learned by Sim Tarif, Yitarif, Yivieu Eid. So it says by Shemer Socher that a fellow is a custodian. He's guarding, he's watching something for, for money. And he gets paid for, for his work. So if the, he's guarding an ox, he's a custodian for an ox, and then a wolf comes, a wolf comes and rips it up and eats it. And that's an onus, right? It's, uh, you know, it happens, right? There's not, there's not much you can do. A wolf came and, 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 and killed it and ate it. So, Yivieu ate, he brings a witness that this is what happened. So let him says the Tanakama, the Shoimer, the custodian, brings a witness that it, it that it indeed uh, was torn up and that was an ones. And then he's potter, he does, he's, he's off the hook for ones. Shomisachar doesn't have to pay for ones. But if he was negligent or if it got stolen or whatever, he would be on the hook. So now Abishol, Omer says, Abishol, Yovi Aduda Levezdin, that if it was negligence and he would be chayev for that, so then, okay, then he has to pay for, he has to pay. So let's say Ruvain was the custodian and Shimon owns the ox. So he's going to have to pay Shimon for the ox that was, uh, that he was negligent regarding. But says Abishol that Ruvain the custodian can bring the ox to Bezdin to evaluate it. And whatever the Pachas Domim is, whatever the difference is between the time that it was killed and the time that it was brought to Bezdin, uh, Shimon, uh, would have to swallow. So again, Abishol Omer says, Abishol, Yovi Adud Lebezdin, bring the caucus to, to, to Bezdin, um, my life. So let's say, Baruch Kamifli, that the machlokas between the Tanakhama and, uh, Abishol is thus, Demarsava Pachas Nevela Deniza Kave, that Abishol is saying that the Pachas Nevela uh, is the Nizak, Shimon has to swallow it. Umarsava Demazakave, whereas the Tanakhama is not concerned about Pachas Domim, and, um, and it, uh, the, and the mazik would have to pay for it. Fine. Um, lo, nisht. The chuliyama de nizak. No, everybody agrees that, uh, Shimon would have to, um, absorb the, uh, decrease in value. Va'acha betorach nevela kemifge. The, 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 the kasha over here is who needs to schlep the kakis to, <laughs> who needs to schlep the kakis to, uh, to, 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 to Bezdin. Um, uh, Abishol would say, right? He says, uh, he says, Yovi Adu de Lebezdin. I think the point is, it sounds like, um, Abishol Sover Alamazek, who bid you that, right? That, um, that, um, that Reuven the custodian would have to schlep it to Bezdin. Um, whereas the Tanakam would say, um, that I guess Shimon would have to schlep it to Bezdin. The Atani, we learn in a Brice, where am I? Batani, we learn in a brisa. Achim, say Achim. Minayin shall bala bor. 
How do you know that the Balabor needs to schlep the shore out of his pit? So if you have uh, Ruven uh, uh, digs a pit in Mishus Arabim, Shimon's ox falls into the pit. So Ruven needs to pay Shimon for his ox. Who needs to pull the ox out of the pit? So we're saying that Minaycha al Balabor, how do we know that Ruven is responsible to pull the pit? To pull the ox out of the pit. Tamalomar, Kesef Yoshev Levalav Ve'ameis. Right? Meaning the Pasuk says, Balabor Yishalim Kesef Yoshev Levalav Ve'ameis Yelo. But we make a drasha, Kesef Yoshev Levalav, that Ruvay needs to pay Shimon for the ox, Ve'ameis, as well as, as, as the ox itself. I Meaning he needs to, he needs to schlep the ox out of, um, Right, meaning, uh, what does Rashi say? Kesev Yoshev Levailov, I don't know, 20, 30 lines into Rashi. Mashma Sha'afa Mace Yoshev Levailov, right, meaning Kesev Yoshev Levailov Ve'ameis. That Ruven needs to return not just the value, not just the money, but also the, um, the, 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 um, ox itself, meaning Ruven, the Balabor, the owner of the pit, needs to schlep out the ox as well. I'm gonna buy the Ravas is a bite to have a high Terach Nevela. Hey, Chidami, tell me more about this Torah Nevela. Tell me more about Ruvain needing to schlep the ox out of the pit. If you're going to tell me that, look, the ox, the, the dead ox lying there in Ruvain's pit costs one Zuz. But the dead ox, after having been schlepped up out of the pit is 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 worth more. I guess right. It, meaning, if it's a dead ox slumped in a pit that you you can't you can't you you first in order to get any value from it, you're gonna have to first schlep it out of the pit. So while it's lying there, dead in the pit, um, it's only worth as those. But a a dead ox that's already been schlepped out of the pit and is lying there ready to be sold, um, that would be worth four zos. And we're saying that either way. You know, we're saying Ruvain needs to pay Shimon the value of the dead ox. And we're saying that it's also Ruvain's responsibility to schlep the dead ox out of the pit. But if you think about it, I mean, what's the difference really? Meaning, when the ox, <coughs> when the ox is in the pit, <coughs> oh my God, <laughs> doesn't seem like this cough is going away so good. I'll go upon him. So when, when the ox is lying there in the pit, so it's only worth a zuz, which means that, you know, so I was talking about $1,000 and $150 or whatever, or $200 before. So let's, so let's redo our numbers over here to make them uh, fit better with the current numbers that we're talking about, which is one zuz in the pit, four zuz outside of the pit. Let's say it was worth 10 zuz when it was alive. So when the ox is lying there in the pit, so Ruvain would have to pay nine zuz, right? The, the difference between the current value and the value when it was alive, 10 minus one is nine. If he schleps it out of the pit, so he has to do the, the work to schlep it out of the pit, but now the ox is worth four, so 10 minus four is six. So like, what's the difference if he schleps it out or not? Like either he doesn't schlep it out and he just needs to pay more money or he does schlep it out, but then he pays less money because it's worth more. Like at the end of the day, it's like basically evens itself out. So what's the difference? So kitarach, but the tarach, right? When he schleps it out of the pit, I mean, he's really just, you know, making up for the value that he's saving in the difference, right? 
Meaning if it was lying there, it would be paying nine. Now by schlepping it out, he only has to pay six, but he has to do the kind of the effort. So kind of ends up being the same. So Amalei, Lo Tzricha de Bebeira Shav Yezuza Vagudanami Shav Yezuza. So Rav says, yeah, but it's talking about a situation where it's worth a Zuz in both places. Meaning it's worth a Zuz when it's lying there in the pit and it's also worth a Zuz when it's taken out of the pit. And we're saying that still uh, Ruvain um, needs to exert the, the additional effort to schlep it out of the pit, uh, even though he's still going to have to say, pay the same price. Uh, is there such a thing that the pit, that the ox would be the same value when lying dead in the pit and when lying dead outside of the pit in your, the Amr Inchait, that the people say, that you can have a beam that is worth one zuz, regardless of if it's in the city or if it's out in the field and it has to be schlepped into the city. The, 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 the price for that beam is going to be the same. So even though there's, you know, there's st- it, when it's in the forest, it's still going to have to be schlepped into the city. Still, it's going to be worth the same amount. And here, oichit. Um, you know, e- um, even though the, the, the ox that's lying there slumped in the pit, dead, um, needs to be pulled out of the pit, dead weight. Um, nonetheless, um, um, there's a lot of exertion that have to be done. Uh, nonetheless, um, um, the value is, is, is the same and, and, and Ruben's responsible to pull it out. Jordan, the, 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 the weights that you do, that, that's called like dead weights or dead lifting or something. Jordan, have you ever, have you ever pulled a, a dead ox out of a pit? That, that, that's probably not such a thing, right? Could be a new a new thing in a gym. <laughs> Above a comma gym. Above a comma gym. Jordan, what do you think about that? Maybe, maybe by the end of Above a comma, we can come up with a certain kind of a gym that would utilize different um, uh, cases in Above a comma. Starting, of course, with lifting a dead ox out of a pit. <laughs> then you can get an ox running around goring you and you need to uh, figure out how to elude it. That's another one. Above a comma, Jim. What should we call it? Chavi, what should the name of our above a comma, Jim, be called? Mm, I don't know. Above a comma, Jim. Maybe just that. That's not a bad name, I guess. The above a comma, Jim. Honestly, that's probably a good name. That, that actually, actually, I think that's a pretty good name, actually. Bava Kama Jim. <laughs> Come on, that's a great name. Bava Kama Jim. That is great. Oxen wild, running wild in there. <laughs> so when we talk about, um, you know, evaluating the price of the cow, right, right, right. As as we said, that um, you know, Ruvain's ox gores Shimon's ox to death. Um, so so let so let's use our updated values, right? So 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 Shimon's ox is worth ten zuz. We don't say that Ruvain has to pay Shimon ten zuz. No, the carcass of the ox is worth something, right? Okay, let's use the numbers from just now. It's worth one zuz. 
So Reuben doesn't pay Shimon uh, ten zuz, he pays him nine zuz, because Shimon keeps the carcass. Now, that is only by, um, like, damages, but not by theft, right? So, like, you know, if, uh, you know, if I, if I, if I steal your car, if I steal your car and I crash it, so I don't say, well, here, take, take, you know, you take the wrecked car and I'm just going to pay you the difference. No, it doesn't work like that. You got to pay the value of, of a brand new car. So, or at least I guess probably at the time that it was stolen. So Shmuel says, Shmuel, in Shaman, lo and this idea of like evaluating how much the thing is worth now and then subtracting the difference, uh, that, 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 that's not by theft. Ellen is talking only by damages. The, Ani Omer, and I say, that the same would apply to a uh, borrower. That if, if somebody borrows something, and I guess the thing breaks or something, um, well, the question is, what? But somehow, something would apply even to a borrower. And that question is, what? Vava Modali, and says Shmuel, that Rav agrees with him. Ibarilu, the Kasha is, is it saying, is it saying, that the Shoel is just like the Nizakin, that if something happens to the item that he borrowed, you, he would only be responsible for the difference between its current state and the state that you borrowed it in. Baba Modali and Rav agrees. Oh, Dilmar, maybe what's saying is fakert. Or maybe what it's saying is that we do not evaluate by a Ganif or a Goslin, nor by a Shoel. Af Shoel, also by a Shoel, we, we do not, um, 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 do this evaluation. So Tashma, how So Ruven borrowed an axe from Shimon Tavra and the axe broke. So the Shaila is, does Ruven need to give Shimon a brand new axe? Or does he just pay Shimon the difference between the broken axe, what it's worth now, and a new axe, right? Or or at least a functional axe, what, what it was worth at the time that it was borrowed. So also the Kame, the Rav, so the it came before Rav, Omar. Lay, I guess, and Rav says zil shlimle narga me'alyo. So, and guess what Rav says to uh, Ruvain? Ruvain, you must pay. Uh, you must get. You, you, you got to replace Shimon's axe. You can't just pay the difference between the broken axe and the axe that you borrowed. You have to replace his axe. Shmamina ain't shaman. So we see that by borrowing something, um, uh, we do not evaluate the value of the broken axe. No, he's got to replace it. Um, you got to replace a, a, a functional axe. Adraba, <laughs> to which the Gemara says, wait, Fakert, the Gemara suggests that actually, um, that actually, that actually, oh, Fakert, that, right, right, that maybe Ruvin Taka does pay the difference. From the fact that Rav Kahana and Rav Asi said to Rav, Dino Hochi, is that really so? That he needs to replace the axe of a Shosik and Rav was quiet, Shmamina Shaman. So, so it sounds like Rav was Taka Choyzer. The Rav says that Taka, um, um, actually you would pay the difference. You would pay the difference. Itmar was stated, Amr Ula, says Ula, Amr Belazar, Shaman Leganif Ula Gazlin, that we evaluate even for a Ganif and a Gazlin. Rapapi Yama says, Rapapi ain't shaman. We do not evaluate for a ganif and a gazlin. The Uchsan is ain shaman, lo leganif, velo gazlin. That we do not do this evaluation for a ganif or a gazlin, but you, rather you replace 
kind of what you stole in its entirety. But by a shoel, by a borrower, we would um, um, do this evaluation like by Nizokin, um, like Rav Kahana and Rav Asi, uh, as they sort of pushed back against Rav. So I, I just opened up, uh, I saw that a groove was starting, so I just had a peek. Wow, it's interesting. I see somebody from Beit Shemesh is grooving with somebody from Ramallah. Maybe Groove is going to solve uh, the uh, the conflict over here. Wow, I'm curious how that Groove is going. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, here we go. Wow. Interesting. Maybe I'll meet this fellow. All right. Um, where am I? Okay, where am I? Where am I? Where am I? Farmer Ula says Ula, Amr Belazer, Shilia, oh, she also some Mctasa be omission and Mctasa be omshani. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, Shilia is a fetus. So if you have, um, a, uh, so you have a woman, she's, she's giving birth in the uh, fetus, and the fetus comes out 50%. On Sunday and fifty percent on Monday. So the shayla is right. So so it goes based on the majority of the baby. So so is it considered right? So was the was was the baby considered born on Sunday or was the baby considered born on on uh, Monday? So again, so Amr Ula says Ula Amr Belazer Shilya Shiatsu Samuktasu Biomishin Muktasu Biomsheni that if you have a fetus that um, partially. Uh, um, uh, uh, was born <coughs> on Sunday and partially on Monday. Monilamiyom Rishin. So we already start counting from 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 Sunday. Meaning, um, so let's say it was a girl. So then it would be fourteen days of Dmei uh, 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 Tuma, right? Right for a girl, it would be uh, fourteen days of uh, of, of Tuma, followed by uh, sixty six days of uh, Tyra. Kilo any. Dam uh, during those following 66 days would, would not be considered Dmenida. Uh, so now, so at what point is the fourth? Okay, so so we're saying that from Sunday already, any Tyrus that she would have touched would be considered um, Tommy already from Sunday. So Amalei Rava, so now Rava says to Rebelaza, to Ula Amr Rebelaza, Madaitra, Lechumra. What, so do you think that you're being more stringent? That you're saying, well, Part of the fetus was born on Sunday. Part of it was born on Monday. We have to be stringent and say that already from Sunday, right, if you touch like truma or something, it would be tummy. But But if you think about it, it's a stringency that ultimately leads to a leniency in that because you're going to start counting 14 days from Sunday, which means 14 days from Sunday, she's already considered tahora. But if really the baby was considered born on Monday, then she would have to wait another day, which would mean that you'd get into a situation where, you know, uh, uh, she thinks that she's Tahora 14 days from Sunday, but really it's 14 days from Monday. So Ella Amarava rather says, Rava, Look, we have to be concerned that maybe anything that you touched on Sunday is uh, Tomei, but in terms of actually counting, we would start counting from Monday. So yeah, it would be 14 days from Monday, not from Sunday, but we'd already be concerned from Sunday 
that things that she touched were tummy, and I guess we would we have to probably be stringent there. So my kamash Milan, so what's it teaching us? The in Milan. So what's it teaching us that that once a you have a partial fetus, once the fetus is partially born, it's considered that it right that right that there's a, a child, and therefore we're um that's why we assume that if already from Sunday we have to be Khoshesh. But Tanina, we have a Mishnah. So that if you have an animal, and so I believe, if I'm not mistaken, and that's I think the point here, is that if you slaughter an animal and it's pregnant, so I think that you can you don't need to you know slaughter the baby. You slaughter the mother, and I think you can eat the baby. Um now, if the animal is born, well then you won't be able to eat it, you'd have to slaughter it. So 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 if you have an animal that the fetus already partially was born, and then you slaughter the animal, so asur ba'achila you can't eat the 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 fetus because it was already considered like it was born, and therefore it's considered unslaughtered. So we see that a fetus that's partially born is considered like like a like a fetus like a fetus that was born. So simen valod be'isha simen valod be'men. It's the same. But, you know, by a woman and by and by an animal. So why do I need Ula Amar Abelazar to tell me this? I have a Mishnah. So even Masnisin, yeah. But if it was from the Mishnah of Amina, I would think the Ishmitzas Shulio Belovalod. That maybe I would think that actually it is possible to have a a a a a a a, a fetus, right, right? That this fetus could have um, been born partially and 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 without a without a uh, fetus in it. I think what that means is like Ilu. Because I think what it's talking about is like it could be talking about like a situation where like it was like a, a like a miscarriage, right? So therefore, the shaila is: is it considered that um, you know if if there's a fetus, is it considered like there was a baby there? And if it was a baby, is it considered like it was born? So if we only had the mishnah, I th- I might think that there that you can have a fetus without an actual baby; that it's not considered like automatically because there was a fetus, there was a baby. But we're just concerned. And what and what and what we are right? So it was. Po- it's possible that you can have a fetus without a um, um, baby. Wait, but no, because there's, there's. Oh darn it! I think I have to take a look into this. No, I think that there are two things operating here. I have to. I have to probably look at Rashi quickly. But the, I think that there are two things operating here. I think one of them is it possible to have a fetus without an actual baby in it? And and if and 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 even if you say. That yes, the fetus necessarily would be considered to have a valad, but still it would only be considered born once the majority of the of the of the vlad is actually born, right? So the thing is, so if you have a fetus that is only partially born, only partially came out, so then there's like two questions. Like, A, is it considered a vlad? And even if it is considered a vlad, is it considered like the majority came out and therefore it was born? Right? So we're saying that. If we only add the Mishnah where we consider it born, that wouldn't necessarily be a proof for... So the question is, what exactly would it be a proof for? So let me just look at this quickly. Okay, friends. I, I, I took a few minutes to have a deeper look. Wait. So I think I just made a mistake what I said a second ago. I think that... Okay, so the assumption is that if there's a fetus, then 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 there is like some kind of at least like remnants of a baby or something. And the question though is, is that if only if only part of the fetus came out, the question is... Is the majority of what's left of the baby did it already come out? In which case, it was already considered born. So the question is: Do we say ain mixas shulio below valad? That meaning, once 
it's partially born, we assume that the majority of the baby came out, or do we say yesh mitzas that it is possible to have a, a partial of the uh, fetus come out without the valid, i.e. it can be considered that the baby was not yet born. So we want to say that from the Mishnah with this uh, animal being partially born and we consider it to be born, so that must be ein miktas shilya below valid, that once the uh, 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 fetus partially comes out, it's considered like it is born, like the majority came out. But we could say not necessarily. Maybe <clears throat> from that mission, we can argue that yesh mixas shilya below that it is possible for part of the fetus to come out without the majority of the baby. Um, but we're concerned in that case that, but if the, but we're concerned for a situation where the entirety of the fetus came out and you still might say that it is not considered born, which wouldn't be the case. So it's just a gezera. So, Kamaj Milan, therefore, Ula Amar Rebelazar is saying that, that we have to be concerned um, um, uh, already from from the first day because of um, because um, we would say yesh um, below below that we'd have to be concerned that already from the first day um, it is um, um, that we have to be concerned there as well that already from the first day the um, fetus emerged with the baby and that she counts from the first day. All right. So if you have a firstborn fellow, right, you have a firstborn boy, so after 30 days he has to be redeemed from the Koyin. So now, unfortunately, if the baby doesn't last for 30 days, doesn't make it 30 days, um, dies within the first 30 days, it's called a nafel, Um so then there would be no Pidjona Ben. But what if the baby was healthy and it, it was on a trajectory to be alive on its 30th day, but, uh, you know, an, an, like a, an animal eats the baby. So it doesn't make it. So the question is, do, do you still have to do pidgeon aben? Right? Meaning, meaning, like the baby would have been alive for a pidgeon aben, just, you know, an animal, you know, ate it. But, but, um, if that wouldn't have happened, then there would have been a pidgeon aben. So do you still need to redeem the baby from the, Coin. So if Amar Ula again, Amar Belazer, Yom, Ain Podenoso, we there's no pigeon aben. But Chain Tani Ram Bachama and also Ram Bachama teaches Mitoch Shinamar that the puzzle says Pado Sifte, right? The puzzle says by pigeon aben, Pado Tifde. So Yochala Filu Nitra Besoch Lamid Yom. So I might think that even if it, it got um, eaten within 30 days, uh, there would still be pigeon aben. Tamlama Ach Chalek. It says Ach Ach is a Sort of a minimizing word, a limiting word to say that no, in that case there would be no pejunabin. Ve Amr Ula and Ula says, Amr Belazer, Behemagasa nicknames Bemishicha. That a Behemagasa can be acquired through uh, pulling. Right? Remember Kenyan Mishicha from Sechta Kidushin? That you kind of, you know, the person buying the animal to kind of, you know, pulls it um, and then it's his. So Ve Anantanan Bemisira. We learn in the Mishnah that Behemagasa is taka um, um, sold by sort of the owner handing it over, not by the buyer pulling it. Tana Ula Amar says like the following: Tana the Tanya, the Chachamam Zova Zova Mishicha. Chacham say both Behemagasa and Behema Daka would be acquired with Mishicha. Reb Shimon Omer Zova Zova Gba. Rizum Shimon says that they are both acquired with Bagba, with lifting it up. Bamar Ula says Ula Amr Belazar, Ha'achin Shechelku, 
So if you have um, uh, uh, brothers who are dividing up the state of their father and they're dividing everything up equally, so then mashalei and shaman, they even have to take into account the clothing that they're wearing, right? If one of them is wearing expensive clothing and the other one is wearing uh, uh, not expensive clothing, so that gets taken into account, right? We, we have to divide everything up equally. But we do not take into account the clothing that, right, that their children are wearing, the grandchildren. Our Papa says though that there are times that even the clothing that the sons themselves are wearing would not be considered because For example, um, the oldest son who is going to be uh, serving as their representative to make, you know, in the court and stuff to make sure that they're, you know, getting the entirety of their estate and he's representing them so they want him to be well dressed and and somebody that people are going to listen to and, and respect and, and make sure and he'll, that, that way he'll be able to represent their interests uh, properly. And therefore, um, in that sense, it's in their interest that he should be well dressed and, and they're not going to sort of say, oh, yeah, but we're, you know, you're, you're taking that from the estate. Uh, we get more of something else. No, uh, they're, they're happy to kind of contribute to him looking presentable in order to represent their interests in the estate. Um, <laughs> that a shomer that gives over the responsibility to another shomer's potter. So meaning, if um, so let's say it was a shomer chinam, uh, Ruvain was watching uh, Shimon's ox for him. Okay? And then Ruvain, um, I don't know, was going to get pizza. And he says, hey, Levi, can you, can you be the custodian? Can you watch the ox? So, so, so we're saying, uh, potter, meaning anything that Ruvain would have been potter from. So, like, for example, if, I don't know, if the animal gets stolen, so Ruvain's a shomerchinam. He's, 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 he's an unpaid custodian. Ruvain would not have to, you know, if it gets stolen, it gets stolen. Ruvain would not have to pay. So if when he asks Levi to, uh, to you know, be to take over as the custodian, it gets stolen from Levi. So just like, right, so nothing changes, right? Just like Reuven himself is potter, right? Shomachina, when he's a Shomachina, he's potter from Geneva. So also when he gives it to Levi to watch, and it gets stolen from Levi, the, 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 there's, there can't be any tainas on Reuven, right? Any any anything that he would have been potter from when he was the custodian, he's also potter when he hands it off to somebody else, and you can't claim it from him. So again, so if Amr Ula says Ula, Amr Abelazar, Shomer, Shamasu the Shomer, that if Ruvain, the, the, the custodian, uh, um, sort of transfers the, the, the role to Levi, so Potter, Ruvain remains Potter, you know, if, if something happens to it, if he would have been Potter when he was the custodian, so he remains Potter if something happens to it when, when, uh, when he gave it to Levi. Now certainly, if Reuven was an unpaid custodian and he gave the custodianship an, up, an upgrade by giving it to Levi because Levi was a paid custodian, so certainly in that case, you know, if it gets stolen, Reuven's not going to be chayv. Uh, if anything, he improved the uh, custodianship of the animal. Also, he gave an upgrade, he improved the guarding. Elo afilu even if Ruvain was a Shomer Sacher, he was a paid custodian. Now, paid custodian would be Potter for Ones, for example, uh, if something sort of un, un, unpreventable happened. 
Um, even if Reuven was a Shomer Socher, a paid custodian, and then he downgraded the custodianship to ask Levi to watch it for free, and then an ones happens, something unpreventable happens, Reuven, just like he would have been Potter when he was guarding it as a paid custodian, he's, he's still Potter now. Um, and, and, um, right, even though the hashtag Gary the Shmiraso Nami Potter, Sharimoso the Bendas, even though Reuven downgraded the custodianship, still he's going to be Potter because he gave it to Levi, who is a Bendas, you know, he, and he's an acceptable person to give it to. And therefore, um, you know, if, if it's an Ones, if something, you know, he would have been Ones when he was, he would have been Potter when he was guarding it. So also when he gives it to, um, um, Levi, uh, he's still Potter, and Shimon, who owns the ox, can't say, "Oh, but come on, you downgrade. You know, look, you downgraded the 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 custodianship, and that's why it happened." Ruvin says, "Look, I would have been Potter from Ones anyways. Leave me alone." Rav Omer says, "Rav, Shomer Shemoser the Shomer Chayev that so Rav says Fakert that if uh, Ruvin the custodian." Gives, gives the ox to Levi to guard, Chayev, Reuven is going to be Chayev. And obviously, if Reuven is a Shomer Socher and he downgrades it to Levi to be a free custodian, so that he, that, right, that he downgraded the, the level of guarding, but even an unpaid custodian who you would think is upgrading the custodianship by giving it to at Levi, nonetheless, he's chayv. Reuven is still going to be chayv to Omar Lev because Shimon's going to say to Reuven, "At mehemnis li b'shvu'e, haylo mehemli b'shvu'e." Look, you were an unpaid custodian. I know that you upgraded it to be a paid custodian, but look, I trust you to swear to me. I don't trust Levi to swear to me, right? If if something would, if you if if something would have um, would have uh, um, 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 happened to the. Um, the uh, the ox, you would swear to me that you weren't negligent or something, and then you would you would be off the hook. I would trust you in that swear. I don't trust Levi to swear to me. Therefore, I, I don't want you giving it to Levi, and 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 and, and therefore Reuven is going to be chayv um, according to Rabbi. Friends, that was that Yud Aleph of Kama. A lot of just kind of like a lot of like technical stuff. It just daf took longer than I expected uh, in the recording. Yeah, a bunch of things from Ulam or uh, Rebbe Lazar. Um, just kind of, yeah, some technical stuff, friends. I was Dafir Alf, Mesechta, and Bavakam. I hope you enjoy. Peace out.